Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Living My Best Disabled Life. I know I haven't been here in a while, but I'm back. Today, we have Morgan Bachman. She's starting to become a speech pathologist. Hi, Morgan. Hi. Thanks for coming and talking to me. So can we just start by you telling everyone a little bit about what you have and how it affects you? Yep. So I have spina bifida and I also have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a connective tissue disorder. And I have some other conditions that are comorbidities, meaning they're connected to one of those two things, but I don't really want to dive into all of that. And it affects me by limiting my mobility. So I'm a full-time wheelchair user. And then I have fluctuating symptoms from the various conditions that can sometimes limit my energy or just kind of change how I have to go around my activities of daily living. So I'm curious, like, I know you're starting to become a speech pathologist, but like, I was wondering how you decided, oh, I want to be a speech pathologist. And then the second half of that question is like, do you think being disabled yourself, even though it may not be the same way as your clients, helps you kind of like understand them better, if that makes sense? Yeah, so I decided to become a speech pathologist through a very long journey that started with me just wanting to do something in the medical field or educational field. I wanted to work with kids with disabilities in some way, but I really didn't know how or how, like what I was going to do with that. So I started observing various careers. I've observed occupational therapy, physical therapy, audiologists, teachers, you name it, I've probably observed people in different fields. And I just kind of started narrowing down the fields that kind of connected with me, either academically in my interests, but also in what I felt I was capable of doing physically, because I am not someone who wants to put limitations on myself. But I do know as a person with a disability, we have to learn to balance finding our passions and going for what we want in life, but also understanding what is worth putting your body through and what will be sustainable for you long-term. And I guess that kind of goes for anyone, but I know it's especially something that's in the back of all of our minds with disabilities. How did you get to that um, mindset? Because like, I know as disabled people, like it can be hard to get to a good mindset and knowing not to push your limits too much but to also advocate for yourself and like it's a long journey yeah I mean I'm not gonna say that I'm perfect at it now either and there are definitely days that I push myself way too far and the next day I really question my choices in what I push my body to do but I think just as I started to learn more about my body, because I was born with spina bifida. And I mean, technically, I've had Ehlers-Danlos my whole life, but I didn't know I had Ehlers-Danlos until I was 18. So as I kind of grew into knowing the different aspects of that disorder and the chronic pain it can cause, dizziness, some of the the digestive issues it can cause, different things like that, I kind of just started to listen to my body a lot more. And I think what really put me in a better mindset is understanding that I'm not limiting myself in a way that is going to hinder my life. I'm limiting myself so that I have more energy for the things that matter to me in the future and that I can sustain my body to continue to do the things that give me joy in my life for longer. 
That's a really good way of putting it because like sometimes, you know, you think oh you're just limiting yourself or kind of, or you're or maybe people think, oh, I'm giving up. But really it's just making the quality of your life better because like you're you're not so focused on pushing yourself to a limit where then you have no energy to do anything uh, else during the day or you know what I mean yeah I think it's just all about prioritizing and realizing like you know okay if this weekend I'm going to be doing a very physical activity like a sport or something like that how long do I think my endurance will last for me to still be able to participate in work or the schooling that I'm doing, or even just my family life. Like, will I be feel good enough to go out to dinner? I even made that choice this a couple of weeks ago. My family was going to go jet skiing and I know that my body does not handle the heat. So I had to just prioritize and realize that like we had our family dinner happening that night and I can go jet skiing any day, but we don't always have that time together to be able to go out together and have a longer dinner like that so I prioritized wanting to be able to go out to dinner and spend time with my family and then I can go jet skiing on a day that maybe I don't have as much going on makes sense uh, switching topics a little bit like so uh back to the education part of it like being disabled education can be like higher education can be very like hard on us just like you know, trying to advocate for ourselves, trying to make sure we have the all the resources we need to be the best students that um we can be. But like, I'm curious to know, like, what is the best advice you've received, like, having to do with being a disabled student? And I don't know if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest advice that I have received is just that a lot of the barriers, especially when it comes to the people you come across, like whether that be professors or other classmates or anyone who might have doubts, that the biggest thing to know is that they aren't in our shoes. They do not know what it's like to be a disabled person in in education or in speech pathology or whatever field that you are going into. So it's up to us to kind of figure out what we are capable of, because really we are the only ones that can dictate what we are capable of, what we will do and what we want to do. And I think the biggest advice is just to lean on your disabled community and find connections to help you through it, whether that be someone directly in your field of study or whether that just be someone who has somewhat of a similar experience, maybe like another clinical field. Like in my case, I met people who went through clinicals for nursing or went through clinicals for various things that kind of at least a little bit relate to my studies and relate to some of the things that I have gone through when it comes to dealing with professors and dealing with classmates and dealing with the barriers that are within the field. So I think it's just really making commu- making community and realizing that in the long run, you are the only one that can say whether something you are capable of something or not. The able-bodied people around you cannot dictate that for you. And I guess also it's like, just because people may think, oh, that's not the right dog field for you. You're not going to be successful in that field. They don't, they don't know. 
<laughs> they really don't know. They're not in your body. They're not in your brain. They they don't really know you. Yeah, I they think the biggest you, thing is, but not to like a, not deep enough to know. Oh, that's not a good field for that person. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, I mean, to them it may seem impossible because I mean, even I couldn't imagine living in like we can't really imagine living in someone else's shoes outside of what we know it's everyone kind of dictates their reality by what they know and so for them it is probably does seem impossible because they couldn't imagine doing it without being able to stand and run and jump and you know get wrestle with the kids and things like that so they can't imagine being able to manage everything while sitting down in a wheelchair but for us that's all we know because for a lot of us that that's how we live our daily life so that's just we have learned to that ad- to adapt and make that our normal. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of like I know we talked about this before, but like for people that don't know like this, but um Judy Human, who's like a big disability advocate and activist, um she was denied like a teacher's license years ago because they said she was a fire hazard and she couldn't be like a teacher just because of her wheelchair. Like her wheelchair is a fire hazard, which is honestly messed up but you see she like found other ways to t- you don't have to be standing to teach you don't have no, to. no be- I think the biggest thing to know is there's not one way to do anything there are ways to get around most things in life and make it work for you and your capabilities and your lifestyle yeah like just because it may look like something you can't do in like as a career or whatever you just have to find ways that are more accessible to you and ways to make you more successful successful on that field. But like just because people don't have other other people don't have anyone else to look at and be like, oh, maybe that person can be a speech pathologist or a teacher. They're, like you gotta find you also gotta find the people like people in the disability community, like you said before that are going through similar things or have gone through similar things. And that's how you find, like, how we'll be able to adapt. But that doesn't make us less of a successful person just because we have to do things differently. No, not at all. So I think another part of it is that, like, it's really important to have, like, resources and network and just have, like you said before, like, have a community that Mm -hmm. understands that. Um, And I think that's also partially why I went into the field that I did, because now I'm working with kids who are also dealing with their own barriers in life. And some of them are in chairs, but then some don't have the mobility challenges, but they have other challenges. I mean, just like anyone does. And being someone that they can look up to and realize, like, wait a second, they're like me. They understand me. And knowing that I'm someone they can be honest with and talk through and really feel like I understand them and help them to reach the goals that they are working towards just is very, it's very rewarding to feel like maybe I'm going to impact the next group of disabled or you not know, even disabled, but able-bodied individuals who have their own hurdles to overcome and to just help the next generation to meet all of the goals and reach their ultimate potential. And not be afraid to reach it, you know, like, feel like... That too. 
there's so much I mean there are a lot of hurdles in life but you know you just gotta find your way around them maybe mm-hmm. jump some uh wheel over them walk over them you know mm-hmm. <laughs> jump some curbs mm-hmm. I think I'm funny but sometimes I'm not really that funny <laughs> I love as the last question is well I love asking everyone this question because everyone has like a different perspective on it and has like not one person has the same answer but how do you think that you're living your best disabled life even if there's all these hurdles about getting your degree or just trying to live your best life how are you living your best life or letting yourself I think right now my biggest thing that I feel like is impacting like you know living my best disabled life is figuring out my purpose and feeling like I'm making an impact on the world and even if it's just a small community like I still have a long way to go on my degree I still have a long way to go reaching most of my goals but to feel like I'm even making progress by one percent each day and impacting one person even one person a week quite frankly like if I'm making an impact on anyone and making the world better at all that is what I see as living the best life that I possibly could. That's a really nice way of putting it because a lot of times it feels like you can only be living your best life and making a difference if you're really making big differences. But sometimes it's one person at a time, one thing at a time, one event at a time, one, like it's not, like doesn't have to be these huge, like monumental things going on in your life yeah I mean some some days you may do something that might completely change someone's life and one day you might just make someone smile but that's still making an impact and making a changing things for the better in this world so everything you do in life is always there's going to be some little things and big things and I think just appreciating all of it is really what makes life special yeah I totally agree I've been really thinking about that lately too, like the small things in life. Like it's not always, doesn't always have to be something major. But like even the whole thing about how you started that, the like Tampa Bay disability community thing. Even if you're not intentionally trying to make a significant difference, that is making a pretty big difference because a lot of people don't have like their disability community around wherever they live you know yeah and I think that actually brings up a good point because when I started that in my head it was a little thing because all I did was create an Instagram and ask my personal friends to follow and get together so to me it wasn't that big of a deal and then people started reaching out to my friends or me or just connecting in some way and like oh I need community I need community and then it turned out to be something bigger so even though some of those little wins that you focus on and like try to appreciate you don't really realize in the moment that it can become a really big win in the future and I think that's also something that I'm doing and I definitely can I think people who are in college or grad school or any kind of schooling can relate that's kind of how I feel about grad school is I have all these little wins that I'm trying to focus on because it can be frustrating and it's definitely mentally draining. So focusing on the little wins is what I'm focusing on now, but I know eventually those little wins all add up to a big one. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Um, 
I think we get so caught up in everything in life having to be perfect sometimes. And doesn't have to be. And just because you're living your best disabled life doesn't also mean that you're living your best disabled life every second of the day. You can you can have bad days, you can have good days, you, can, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like We don't always have to be happy all the time. But at the same time, having those little wins that we can focus on make things even, even if, like I said, it's 1% better. Even if you're really, really having a horrible day, but you just made it 1% better that still is going in the right direction. So we don't have to be happy all the time. And we definitely are not living our best disabled life every day. And it is very frustrating some days, but focusing on the good and realizing that there is, that there are dark times, but there is also very bright and cheerful times just kind of helps to keep you moving forward. Yeah. Thank you for coming and talking to me. And I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope Everyone got something out of this, whether it's the smallest little quote or advice. That's really what I try to do with the podcast. Like, I hope that someone, even if they're not disabled, or maybe they have a disabled friend, or maybe they're disabled themselves, gets something out of it. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Living My Best Disabled Life. Tune in next time for the next episode.